How's it going, everybody? This is Chris. Welcome to episode 295 of X-Last, where, uh, hey, we're in a brand new year, aren't we? This is the third calendar year of X-Last, believe it or not. I, I can't, personally. <laughs> I didn't think this show would be going, um, hey, you guys know what I'm going to say. I didn't think the show was going to last very long, and, and here we are. Uh, we are headed into Marvel Unlimited territory here. we got two stories to discuss. Well, one and a half stories to discuss, but we will we'll get there. Um, let's start with the main event here. This is X-Men Unlimited number 15, December 2021 cover date. The story is called Paradise Lost Chapter 3. That doesn't mean we have to like it. Hmm. Written by Fabian Nicieza with art by Matthew Horak, or Horak. Uh, letters, VCs, Josephino. Edits, Amaro, Bisa, White, Sabolsky. This one appeared on the app on December 20th of 2021. Now we open, as we usually do, with a lot of finger flicking. Now this is uh, several finger flicks worth of Deadpool catching us up on the plot. Okay. Now I know this is a very comic booky thing, right? Expositional dialogue, being caught up, and you know all that jazz. You know this is stuff that we often ask for in our, uh, you know, on our monthly books. But these are very uncomic booky. Comic books, aren't they? I mean, if you're reading this issue, you know, issue 15 of X-Men Unlimited, you obviously have access to the ones that came before, right? So you could just go, you know, you know, click your finger and, and look at issue 14 or 13 or 12 or all the way back to 1. So the exposition is a little, I don't know, a little much. Uh, it feels like we're wasting space and maybe I'm just wasting my breath, who knows? Now, um, Deadpool's head, it's worth noting, is still smushed, so the dialogue is all effed up. The narration captions offer us the crushed head into English translation, which, take it or leave it, I guess. From here, we jump to two hours ago at the Slaughter Creek Preserve, where Kane is escorting Rubbermaid to a Krakoan gateway, where they're greeted by D-Cell and Black Tom Cassidy. Here we have a touching and, uh, well, maybe not-so-touching reunion. Uh, we see Kane and Tom reunite, and I think that's pretty cool. I mean, they've established a long partnership, and, you know, we saw them get together, well, not so much get together, but at least run into one another during the Juggernaut miniseries, where it was kind of awkward. You know, we had Tom telling Kane, you know, you can't come back with us. It was a very, I don't know, it, it had a lot of heart, that, that scene. It was, it was something. So we see them reuniting here. We also see D-Cell latching onto Rubbermaid as though she's, you know, found her long-lost sister, and that feels a little bit forced. In fact, uh, D-Cell's little aside with Kane himself has a whole lot more emotion to it. Now, Kane asks if, uh, you know, she's still managing to livestream everything, and we find out that, yes, she secretly is. 
Because you see, her glasses are actually cameras. And, well, hmm, should, should, I, should I be a dick about this? Yeah, what the hell, let's be a dick about this. Um, I gotta assume that these glasses are Krakoan in nature, right? Otherwise, those EMP bursts that Black Tom himself told us about during the latest issue of Wolverine would have zapped them, right? We know every day an EMP burst hits to take care of anything non-Krakoan on the island. And I mean, we have the same editors on both these titles. Someone had to have noticed this, right? It's not just me. It's not just us. Anyway, now the girls head back to Krakoa, leaving Kane and Tom to chat for a little bit. Black Tom does say that he knows that D-Cell's glasses are cameras, which again, Emp Blast. Eh? Uh, he also talks about all the teenagers on Krakoa, which I'm not sure if he's complaining or bragging. It's one of those times where I'm glad I can't always get, like, tone of voice from sequential art. I'm going to assume he's complaining. Uh, Kane catches Tom up on how the rescue mission went down, as if to say it didn't go quite as smoothly as it could have, but not to worry because he's working on it. Tom tells Kane that he's welcome on Krakoa. Not sure when this happened, but okay. In any event, Juggernaut declines the offer. He says he doesn't want to go to Krakoa until he's truly wanted there, so I hope he's not holding his breath. From here, we jump from then till now, where the Unstoppables and Deadpool are headed to meet with Arnim Zola, who is, by the way, a Nazi. Also, by the way, I I warn against uh, turning seeing the word Nazi into a drinking game, because, uh, well, you won't make it too long. Now, they arrive at Zola's base, and they find some new bodies for him, uh, and their bellies don't appear to be inhabited by his digital mug as of yet. Juggernaut flashes into his armor to shout that this Nazi is annoying him. And uh, the, uh, the Nazi hasn't even done anything yet. Uh, Kane shouts for the Nazi to show himself, and the Nazi finally does. You see, the Nazi was resting, performing server maintenance and whatnot. Uh, the Nazi is also quite unhappy to see that the Unstoppables brought Deadpool with them because uh, Wade's got such little honor. Deadpool then rambles a bit in crushed head speak, which is to say we don't understand it fully. I think from the garbles that are coming out of his mouth, we can see that he called Zola a Nazi bastard. Primus translates this for Zola, who is rather offended at which time we're reminded that Zola is, in fact, a Nazi, and how he shouldn't feign offense by harsh language. Kane then tells the Nazi why they're here. They need him to fix a recently acquired aim jump ship for them. Zola takes this as an invite to join the Unstoppables, and Kane tells him, you know, you're not on the team. From here we jump to 12 hours later, where the crew has created, like, this giant missile. Now Deadpool is still mumbling, so Juggernaut smacks him on the back, which makes everything pop back into place as though he were an actual cartoon character. Here, Kane lays out the plan. You see the Warden, of course he has his superhuman prison, the Dungeon, and it's located way up in the sky on a modified shield helicarrier. And so rather than flying up there, which would be, you know, suicide, uh, it'd probably be more advantageous for the Unstoppables to try bringing it down to them. Deadpool talks a bit more about teaming up with... <clears throat> a Nazi, before telling us that being a Nazi is very trendy nowadays. You kidding me? Fabian, 
Fabian, I love you. I love you. You're one of the reasons I read X-Men comics. You know, you were part of my coming of age in X-Men comics here, but aren't you a little too old for that whole anyone who disagrees with me is a Nazi line of thought? You're better than that, Fabian. Be better than that. Anyway, the missile is done. It's strapped to the Juggernaut's back, and he is launched. And that's where we leave it. So let's talk about it. Um, I enjoyed this. I enjoyed this, but I tell you, it's definitely showing signs of, uh, or showing potential to kind of get long in the tooth here. You know, I don't know why these Infinity comics need to feel so decompressed. You know, um, I feel like they're trying to convince us that these are not like regular comics, right? This is a whole new evolution in the way we receive uh, sequential art, where they can literally be anything. You know, they don't have a, a requisite page count as far as we know. They, I mean, what would they need one for? We've seen, you know, It's Jeff, which, uh, I mean, you could do most of that on a post-it note, right? I mean, it's great, but it's it's not long. Uh, they don't need to make room for ads. Um, they could literally be anything from a collage to a novel, and it wouldn't matter. And yet, here we are in decompression land, right? Is this... Was this going to be, you know, Juggernaut Part 2? You know, the Juggernaut sequel that uh, we're just kind of translating from physical to infinity? I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I just feel like there shouldn't be quite this much decompression. Uh, maybe, maybe I'm imagining it. You know, uh, as far as I can remember here, uh, decompression is something that doesn't exist. It's something that we all uh, had a collected hallucination that <laughs> decompression existed. Um, let's complain about continuity some more. Let's uh, let's do that. Uh, now I mentioned during the latest issue, Wolverine, that uh, Ben Percy and editorial clearly didn't pay attention to the Juggernaut miniseries because Juggernaut was there on the green in the Green Lagoon chatting up Black Tom, like he was allowed there, right? And now I guess I can complain that Fabian Niciesa and the same editorial didn't pay attention to those Wolverine and X Force books. You know, the EMP blasts, or EMP blasts, I mean, those those were a point in Percy's story. That that kind of, that facilitated the whole deal with uh, Jeff Bannister having the organic Krakoan bug, and Maverick going back to the Green Lagoon and swiping a bug every week to give it back to uh, What's-Her-Face, uh, Dolores What's-Her-Face, right? And here we're to believe that D-Cell uh, is wearing, you know, those uh, Google Glass or whatever, and <laughs> it's just... I don't know. I don't know. Um, let's shift over to the Naziness of the story, which was a bit much, a little much. It felt like we were reading a Teeny Howard book. Um, and, you know, I get that we all like to feel superior to other people, right? We want everyone to know that we're good people and that we hate Nazis, which, I mean, isn't isn't that something like almost anybody on the planet, or at least in the comics readership, can agree on? I mean, is there any comic book website out there that's complaining about how marginalized or unfairly or underrepresented Nazis are in comics? I don't think so. So let's maybe cool it with the virtue signaling. Just know you're a good person. Assume that the people reading your stuff are good people as well. I think it's safe to make that assumption that most of the writers and readers of comics are, you know, anti-Nazi. It's not a brave stance. It's not a minority opinion. You're you're not being bold by standing up to Nazis. We we all dislike Nazis. Speaking of which, 
Deadpool saying that being a Nazi has become trendy. Can we please stop with this? I mean, just because someone disagrees with you, that doesn't automatically make them the worst thing in the world. And I mean, this goes for both sides of the political aisle in the U.S. here. On the left, if you disagree, you're automatically a Nazi or a fascist. On the right, if you disagree, you're automatically a socialist or a communist. Can we just stop? And you know, I've said this before, uh, but the comics fandom is a rapidly shrinking pool. No matter what the comic sites will try to tell you, and how like CGC slab books are you know, selling for record numbers right now. As we've seen, shipping numbers are pitiful, right? Shipping numbers are not great. And with rising prices, ease in piracy, and lack of quality or substance in these stories, those numbers are only going to get worse. So how about we, you know, circle the wagons a little bit. We try and come together. Let's not go to the wildest edges of the extreme when someone disagrees with us. And that goes for, like, real life and comics fandom. You know, we all have our own stories. We all come from a different place. and We all have our different outlooks on life. But I think... As readers or enthusiasts of the comics medium here, one thing we can agree on is that we want comics to stick around. So maybe we try not to alienate people on any side. We just all come together and realize that the more people who are going to the comic shop and putting money on the counter, that's better for all of us, right? And not to go off on a tangent here, but I feel like uh, the pandemic plus technology have really done a number on our ability to come together. Uh, something Reggie and I used to talk about was uh, the concept of... Uh, it's weird to actually say this, but it's a concept known as New York racism. And it's kind of a blanket term. It doesn't just mean race. It could mean just any kind of difference in opinion or whatever. The fact that you may disagree with the person selling you your newspaper or the person you're standing next to on the subway or the, the, the cab driver that's uh, taking you... From point A to point B, all of your differences become secondary because primarily you need to coexist, right? So it's more about our similarities than our differences. We all have to coexist. We all have to share the same space. And with the pandemic and with technology being what it is, well, uh, things are a little bit different. Right? You're not going to have to share space with people you may disagree with. You're going to be in less social situations. It's easier than ever to get kind of stuck in your own head, right? And to vilify or dehumanize uh, anybody who disagrees with you because, well, you're, you don't have to actually put up with anybody <laughs> right now. It's, it's very, very different times. And um, it's unfortunate. It, it really is unfortunate because now where we're not really around other people, we're defining ourselves by our differences rather than our similarities. And, and I mean, I understand that this is a far grander concept than should be, you know, in the scope of a comic book uh, podcast. But, I mean, there, there is some applicability there wherein, as comic fans here, uh, it's like we, we're spending so much time trying to get people who disagree with us out of the fandom, which is the stupidest thing in the world. It's just, do we really want comics to go away? <laughs> it feels like that's kind of the ultimate goal here. Let's, uh, you know, this is uh, 2022, right? Let's, uh, let's all resolve to maybe be a little less extreme. And, you know, I have a, another 
brief anecdote here, and I apologize for going off on a, on these tangents here, and I appreciate your indulging me, but uh, I received an email a few months ago from uh, a friend and listener who uh, had commented that they appreciated that um, X Lapsed was a show that was uh, inclusive, you know, um, we, we don't really make statements about people. We don't put people down here. We don't try to exclude anybody from the conversation. In fact, we go the other way. I welcome, I, I mean, and this is, this is definitely not important stuff here. This is just like, if you disagree with me on, on a comic story, let me know. You know, I think all opinions are, are valid to be shared and to be discussed it's all about respecting, uh, you know, another person's opinion. And, uh, I mean, I'm probably way in over my head here. You know, it's like talking about things that actually matter in the world and things that really don't, as in comic books. But, um, you know what, if you're listening to this show, clearly comics matter to you at least a little bit. You know, uh, unless you're just listening to hear me stammer <laughs> through uh, my, uh, what is this here, my stream of consciousness. But... Comics matter to us, and we want them to stick around. So maybe we cool it a little bit with the everybody who disagrees with me is a Nazi bullshit. Anyway, uh, this story was uh, fine. <laughs> it does feel like it's uh, getting dangerously close to overstaying its welcome. A little decompressed for this Infinity Comics thing. Uh, I, I, I would rather a much more direct story than what we're getting here. Unless, of course, this is going to be translated to physical and we need to have a certain amount of pages and yada, 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 yada. We don't know that. I can't claim to know that. All I can say is, as a digital comic with a scrolling gimmick, this is going on a little bit long. I'm still enjoying it. I still, you know, Fabian Nicias is one of my favorites. So, uh, And the art here is, is very good as well. So you could do worse. It's just uh, I, I hope the story kind of picks up. I, I don't even think we're halfway through yet. So we got, we got plenty to go. But that's all I have to say about our leadoff story. Let's hop into our backup. We don't have a mascot. We don't have Wolverine celebrating Christmas. But we do have Iceman ringing in the new year. This is the Mighty Marvel Holiday Special, colon, Iceman's New Year's Resolutions, number one. Oy, that's the title of the story. That's the title of the issue. I guess we'll call the story Iceman's New Year's Resolutions. It's by Luciano Vecchio. Letters, VCs, Joe Sabino, edits, Byro, Bisa, Sabalski. This one popped up on the app December 30th of 2021. Now here, it's New Year's Eve. And, uh, well, don't you know, it's been a tough year for everyone. I, you know, is COVID actually a thing in the Marvel Universe? I, I don't know if it is or not. And we got Cohen Magic Meds. I'm, maybe he's talking about other ways in which the year was difficult. I don't know. Anyway, Bobby Drake is here in New York City, and he's about to watch the ball drop. He likes coming here to reflect. He'll, you know, he'll pop in a uh, Krakoan gateway, and he'll ring in the New Year with Krakoa as well. But he likes, he likes being here by himself to do the thing. Uh, now, we get a countdown, of course. Eight, seven, six, and yeah, this is where the scrolling gimmick comes into play, because we're scrolling along with it. But when the countdown reaches six, it kind of just sticks there. It's eight. Seven, six, six, six. And this is pretty neat, too, because, um, cause, you know, as you're scrolling through, or as I was scrolling through, I should say, I kind of just assumed we were going to get, you know, it was going to go all the way down. You know, I didn't uh, really expect this. So as I'm flicking through and it's like six, six, wait, wait, didn't I already see six? It actually kind of caught me off guard, which is pretty clever. 
And uh, Bobby finds this pretty creepy, which rightfully so. You know, 666 is not something you want to see in any sort of way. Uh, Also, he is the only person here who is still um, unfrozen. You see, everybody else is stuck in place. It's kind of... Y'all remember Out of This World? You remember when I think it was NBC decided that uh, that prime time was going to start at 7.30 instead of 8 (laughs) o'clock? It was like during, boy, uh, probably 86, 87. And they put on these, like, these... Weird sitcoms at like 7.30 p.m., at least on the East Coast. We had uh, Out of This World, which is where there was like a, a... I think it was Burt Reynolds was an alien who had a daughter with an Earth woman. And the daughter had these powers where she would touch her fingers together and everybody around her would freeze unless she touched them and then they would like come back to life. So that's kind of what we have here um, with, uh, with Bobby. He's the only one. He's the Evie of this scene where everybody else is frozen. And boy, those weird shows don't really get enough play, do they? It's like Marblehead Manor was one. There was a She's the Sheriff with uh, the with what's her face from uh, Three's Company. I can't remember what other ones there were, but I think there were four or five of them. Such a weird, weird time. And it's strange because just a few weeks ago, I was looking to see if there was an Out of This World Christmas episode. I, I try to watch as many Christmas sitcoms as possible around Christmas time, and uh, I couldn't find one. But I did. I did watch an episode and. Boy, that's like one of those things I kind of regret doing Because I I remember really having fond memories of that show And then watching it again, well, not so much Anyway, so Bobby Ice is up to investigate And, um, well, this was December 30th that this one came out And, boy, he provides us with perhaps the cringiest dialogue of 2021 Which is certainly saying something He says, when we up in the cube, all ice on me Kill me Please. Um, now, Bobby heads up to the ball, where he's confronted by Ichthalon. Now, Ichthalon is uh, not a new character. He's actually appeared one time before. In Marvel Spotlight number 14, December 1973, cover date. Now, Ichthalon, it sounds like I have a lisp when I say that. Ichthalon uh, symbolized stagnation and resistance to change. Now, during his one and only appearance, he was met and melted by Damon Hellstrom. But he's here now to... Um, Symbolize stagnation and resistance to change in perhaps one of the most changed characters in Marvel's pantheon. Okay, uh, Iceman, you know, sees him as a threat, goes to attack, and when he attacks, he says, "Icy beam thingies of Iceman." And you know what, gang? I've never done this before, but we're done. <laughs> I'm not wasting any more time synopsizing this one. Someone got paid to write Icy Beam Thingies of Iceman. Nope. Um, Now, the story comes down to a message of hope that things will be better. Yada, yada, yada. You know, New Year stuff. And Bobby also kisses himself at midnight. Yeah, um, well, this was what it was. Uh, It was pretty to look at. It was a cliche New Year story. Uh, The dialogue literally made me physically cringe. Like, I'm not joking here, this isn't hyperbole When I read All Ice on Me It made me feel like someone shined a flashlight in my face You know, and um, then the icy ice ice beams line that I just checked out um, Again, it was pretty to look at And I suppose it was, you know, it was a good use of the Infinity Comics gimmick The scrolling through the countdown, that worked 
Uh, I am glad that this didn't cost us actual money, outside of the Marvel Unlimited sub, of course. But, uh, but you know, points to Marvel for, uh, you know, for trying to give us a little something extra with the uh, Unlimited subscription. Whether or not it's for me, I mean, not everything's going to be for me. I think I spent way too long earlier this episode talking about how not everything, <laughs> we're not going to agree on everything. So, uh, hey, if you dug this one, wonderful. If you didn't, well, I feel your pain. But I think that's all I have to say about both of these issues here. And as if this episode hasn't been wildly self-indulgent to this point, um, if you'll indulge me a little bit more, I just have something I'd like to say um, about a message I received from a friend of mine um, a couple days ago. Now, if you've been listening to the stuff on this channel for, uh, for a while, you'll know that about like a month or two ago I did like my... My Idiot's Guide to Podcasting, which was uh, received kind of surprisingly well, um, in my opinion. I I didn't know that anybody would really care about, you know, my thoughts on the craft and the, uh, you know, just the the methods and and stuff like that. And uh, it was met with a lot of kindness. And one of the things I tried to impress upon anybody who was interested in starting a podcast during that uh, segment it was a it was very much a do as I say not as I do sort of uh, advice where I basically don't follow my own advice. I am unflinchingly rigid in my ways, even though I know that my ways are, are not the most advantageous to uh, any you know potential milestone or goal in as far as uh, listenership or I guess overall reach. And one of the uh, pieces of advice I had, or one of the I guess pieces of uh, fake-ass wisdom I had was that, you know, you have to do this for yourself because uh, nobody is going to care about your show quite as much as you do. And I mean, that's just a fact of life, and I still stand by that. But um, I'd like to offer a caveat there, because I think when I said that, I may have inadvertently dismissed uh, your overall effect on other people, or the potential to affect other people, and I kind of was hyper-focused on, on you know, myself, or, or, or the self, I should say, where it was mostly about, um, I guess, self-satisfaction, satisfaction in what you create, and kind of prioritizing that, which, you know, I still stand by that, but as I said, I, I think I kind of inadvertently dismissed the effect of, um, of words. And um, a friend of mine, I'm not going to you know, name names or nothing, but uh, he recently suffered a, a great loss. And um, if, if you're listening, know that uh, my thoughts and love are with you. But um, they wrote to me to express that the show was a, a source of comfort during this time. And um, said something that I didn't expect, and I it, it kind of hit me hard. Um, said something about um, the positive effect that you have on the world without even knowing it. And uh, by now, you guys know me. I always kind of discount what I do as being silliness. You know, it's just a, a you know a, some old man complaining about X Men comics, basically. Of course, there's there's more to it than that. But I mean, if we were to melt it down to its component parts, I, I guess that would, that could be the elevator pitch. But it's seldom that I stop to think, A, that anybody's listening, or B, that uh, people who are listening are actually, you know, getting something out of this. And um, that can kind of go back to what we were talking about in between the two uh, features, where technology, a plus pandemic, 
Um, I think we all feel like we're very alone. And we can be alone if we want to be, but we don't have to be if we if we don't want to be. And I don't know, I feel like I'm rambling. I, I'm sure I am rambling, but uh, the message I got about doing good, um, it, it kind of, it affected me. And it, and it, it was not something I expected, but uh, it was something I didn't even know that I needed to hear. So I, I guess uh, to you know, wrap this all around here, if you are a podcaster or a potential podcaster, know that I don't want to go into whole like a with great power sort of thing because it's not that. But um, you have the potential to find satisfaction in your craft in ways that you don't even realize. Because I, I am someone who struggles with uh, metrics. Like, how do you how do you say that something is successful versus not successful? How do you measure potential? You know, and again, I'm totally rambling, and I apologize if uh, if I'm just taking you along <laughs> on a uh, on a rapidly chopping stream of consciousness trip here. But um, I'd say this is definitely one for the uh, for the wind pile. And I don't know if it's the new year making me reflective. <laughs> I really I don't know. But I guess if I can try to shoehorn this into a piece of advice or fake-ass uh, conventional wisdom, it's, like I said a bit ago, uh, metrics are what they are. You know, um, you can measure success by um, by numbers. You can measure success by dollars. Uh, you can measure success by reach, popularity, fame. You know, there's a lot of things there. But... Um, but there are also other ways, uh, more quiet ways of knowing. And um, I think if we allow ourselves to take a step back from the hard numbers and just uh, reflect and think, and I don't know, I, I feel like I'm, I'm definitely babbling at this point, but um, I hope what I'm saying makes some sense. Because this was um, very eye-opening and uh, touching and and definitely affected me and my point of view going forward in in content creation and just being a voice in in somebody's ear so um tell you what i will stop there um thank you so much if you're still listening (laughs) Um, that was a bit much but um i appreciate you sticking around if in fact you did so uh, I guess let's let's take it home here. If anybody out there would like to get a hold of me for any reason at all, please feel free to do so. You could find me on Twitter at Ace Comics, Instagram at 90sXmen. You can shoot me an email to weirdcomicshistory at gmail.com, or you can call into the X-Lapsed voicemail hotline at 623-396-JERK. And of course, we are getting dangerously close to the 300th episode of this show, so if anybody would like their voice on the show, Please, I, I encourage you to call in, and uh, of course I will play every every sound bite that I get. Um, where was I? Oh yes, for blog posts and show notes, Chris is on InfiniteEarths.com. You can join us on Facebook, 90s X-Men. You can listen to the entire Chris and Reggie audio archive at ChrisandReggie.Podbean.com or by searching up Chris and Reggie's Cosmic Treadmill on any podcasting aggregation application. And, of course, there is the Patreon, patreon.com slash xlapsed for exclusive content, behind-the-scenes stuff, and much more in the hopper for this new year. But I think that's where we'll stop for today. I'd like to thank you all so much for sharing some of your day with me today and uh, indulging me in my little tangents there. And, of course, until next time, as always, I'll talk to you again real soon. See ya. See ya.